Champion Church listeners. Peyton, your friendly neighborhood tech guy here, and we're entering our final week in the Change Series. Pastor Samuel is on the mic again, shooting us a message reminding us that one person can make a difference. It's powerful stuff, guys. And we'll get right to it after our announcement board. First up, we're just one week away from the end of the Samuel Fast. Hope everybody's holding strong. Me? I'm seeing sodas in my dreams. Hallucinating my wife is a 20-ounce bottle. Having to stop myself from twisting the cap before she sees my parched expression. So I'm good. We just have to remember to keep it all in perspective. We're sacrificing to remember what is most important. Amen? Amen! There. I'll just do it myself from now on. Also, just a reminder that the date for our ownership class, formerly the core classes, has changed from Super Bowl Sunday to February 21st at 6 p.m. so people will actually attend. And Connect Groups are starting up again in February. Stay tuned for more details on that in the coming weeks. Life is better when we live it together, guys. Join a Connect Group. It'll change your life. And finally, as I said before, this is the last message of the Change Series. So next week, we will be starting a new one. The unfortunately titled Stretch Marks. Hold on. Stay with me here. The past few weeks have been about change. This next series will be about the difficulties that can come now that you have made these changes. See? title's clever when you explain it. You really shouldn't judge anything by its title. A lesson I learned after watching The Elephant Man. No elephants to be seen anywhere. Never been so disappointed. Anyway, that's all I have for this week. So here's Pastor Samuel with One Person Can Make a Difference. You'll never look at a carabiner the same way again. Amen. Hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, it's funny how um, some of us don't like change, but aren't you glad we've changed? Like, aren't you glad our parents don't let us run through the bug, you know, poison, right? I mean, I'm just so glad that things change. You know, it's interesting because I've been hanging out with Dr. Wall, going to his sessions, and he always talks about the iPhone and how, you know, we, we, we talk about the perfect device. And, and, and he says, you know, when the, when the iPhone 1 came out, it was like the best thing since sliced bread. You know, and everybody's like, this is the greatest invention ever, and we've got to get the phone. And, and it's crazy because now we're about to do I, iPhone 7. You know, what if we would have been stuck with iPhone 1 this whole time? You know, people are complaining over the iPhone 5. You know what I mean? Like that, that's still not good enough because there's something greater and better out there. I want to tell you, change is what we've been talking about for the past four weeks. And this is our fifth and last week of, of this series called Change. And, and I really believe that Jesus wants us to continually change. Someone say amen to that. And it's not always easy, but as we've seen here in the video, it's very important that we understand that change is good. And there are real things that we can learn and that we can grow in. And as a church, God is asking us to be faithful to allowing him to change us. Amen. Do you want your spouse to be more like Jesus? Don't raise your hand. Do you want your job? Do you want to be more successful in your job? Come on. There's things that you and I must learn and must apply to our lives. And that will equal a transformation. We learned here in the last week, last couple weeks, how that, that, that information is great, but if it's not actually applied and, and we don't actually take the information and apply it to our daily lives, it will never equal transformation. Listen, it's great that you know God, you know who God is, but if you're not actually living 
and allowing God to work that out in your life to be more like him, then you're not really transforming and you're not really changing to be more like Christ. What I want to do today is talk briefly about trans, uh, about change, but also about how important that you and I are uh, to this to this life that God has given us as champions. I want to read you guys scripture here because there are some things that I want to share with you today that I believe is going to help you in understanding your role in change. And uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. Let's pray. And uh, let's get started. Dan, will you hand me that box right there? Dear Lord, we honor you today, God. We, we thank you for your word, that it is a, a lamp unto our feet, that it is a light that illuminates our path today, God. Everybody that's here came um, not, not by mistake, not, not by accident, because I know, God, that there were a lot of things that were holding people back from coming to the house of God today. There was the enemy that had a plan for today. And what is so amazing is that your plan outweighed the enemy's plan for today. And God, you got all of these champions here to this church on this Sunday morning to hear your word, God. And we are so thankful today that you're faithful, that Lord, your plans are way better than ours, that that, Lord, it's unimaginable what you're doing in this place today. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. We have some things that we really believe strongly this year God has asked of us. And there, there are core values today. We've talked about that. The first one is growing people change. Do you guys believe that? Growing people actually change to be more like Jesus. We also talk about save people, serve people. So when you are saved, you have this understanding that you are more like Jesus. And as we know, he came not to be served, but to actually serve people. Even people that would never really like him, would only use him for what he could give to them. But Jesus came and set that example, and that's what champions do. We also, we, we understand today that we, you and I cannot do life alone. If you want to be picked off in life by the enemy, by the wolves that are out there, do life alone. But as champions, we're not called to do this alone. In fact, I worry about the people that don't put the house of God first in their lives because they are setting themselves up for the enemy to attack. And let me tell you, just like coyotes in my backyard, when they attack, it's not one coyote. It's 10 of them, and they attack in packs to destroy the one. I want to challenge you. You cannot do life alone. If you are, stop it. Amen. You can't outgive God. Dane did a great sermon in this. Get the podcast. You and I cannot outgive God. Stop trying. And what that means is, God, everything you've given us, we're going to give faithfully to you, and, and our lives are going to be used in a great way. And God will continue to be faithful to you in that. You know, I talked to our friends from, from Destiny Church, and they've been a church for about 50 years, and, and he talks about his grandfather. And his grandfather believed that whenever they had finances and whenever they had money problems, what they would do is raise a bunch of money to give to one of their overseas missionaries. They would never raise money for their own issues at their church. And it was a unique example of saying, God, Every time I'm in a money crunch, I'm going to be faithful to be generous to other people. I'm going to be generous to our overseas missionaries. I'm going to be generous to the, to the church. I'm going to put my resources in your hands, God, and you're going to be faithful. And every time, God's been faithful to that church. And we've seen it time and time again here at Champion. And I love that heart. I love that understanding. And, and lastly here, found people find people. If you are found today in Jesus... 
it, it encourages you today to go out and find other people and, and link your life to them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to I, I give you a few scriptures here about change because it's, un, it's important that you and I understand what God is trying to do in us today. 2 Corinthians 3.18. If you can put that on the screen, you can write these notes down. I'll say some words that I think are important for you to write down on your bulletin notes so that you can put them in your Bible, contemplate, share with other people about what God's doing. It says here in 2 Corinthians, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, listen to this, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I wanted to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus is trying to transform your life every day into the image of God, into his likeness. Are you, are you willing to allow God to do this? Listen, life is a steady flow of change, and nothing remains the same except God's word. God's word is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible tells us here in 1 Peter 1.23, for you and I have been born again but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because, because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and that word is the good news that was, the, that was preached to you. Amen? Word of God doesn't change. That's why we can read a Bible that was, that was written over 2,000 years ago, and, and it's still the same today. It still applies to our lives in an amazing way. Someone say amen. amen. Now, change frees us from the state or situation that we are currently in. Let me say that again. Change actually frees us from the state or situation that you and I are currently in. And I want you to understand that because I think you and I need to assess the results of our lives right now in its current state. And, and it's, a, it's a real good barometer of where we're going in Jesus Christ. I think you and I need to ask ourselves this question. Where do I arrive if I stay on my current course or if I stay on my current path today? Where do we arrive in the future? Are we headed towards heaven with Jesus? Are we headed, are we, are we pointed in a direction that God wants our lives to go in today? If we're not, we need to understand that we've got to begin to change. We have to begin to allow God to transform our lives. I think you and I need to have a clear destination in mind. And I know that in God's word here, he tells us, I love what Moses says here in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. He tells all of the children of Israel this before he dies, before they go over into the promised land. He says this scripture, I love it. As he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, therefore, choose life. I want to say champions, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Are you understanding that today? You, you and I have to understand and grab a hold of what Moses was trying to say. Listen, you and I are on the cusp of either death or life today. And what will you and I choose today? Will you choose to allow the Lord to change you? To say, God, I want my, 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 my descendants, I want my children, I want my, me and my wife, whoever it may be, to actually live today. And that's going to require change. 
And, and, and I just want to make that very plain this year, that, that Christ is telling all of us a champion that there is a change coming. And God is giving us a responsibility and an amazing opportunity this year to change like never before. I want God to change me so much in 2016, church. And he is challenging me every day to change more like him. I want to tell you, we, we, we got to get busy in the ch- allowing Jesus to do great things. Can we say amen to that? Listen, today I want to tell you a quick story in the Word of God. And I want you to go there. We're going to be in the book of Mark. And uh, the gospel here of Mark, I want you to go there with me in, in the Word of God. I'm going to be in the NIV version, but if you've got a different version, amen, it's all good, right? Just do, whatever, whatever it is, just read the one you have. Amen? Don't talk about how everybody else's is not as good as yours. Just read it. Can we do this? Come on, can we run that play? Man. Praise God. Okay, so we're going to be in Mark 5. I want to tell you that one person today can make a huge difference. And today I want to find out the impact that this one man had on Jesus in the life that he was able to live while he was on earth and the miracles that he was able to do. And so we're going to read this story here. It's a pretty crazy story, but I like crazy stories, amen, because I think the Bible's full of crazy stories where God works in amazing ways. So we're going to be in Mark 5, and we're going to read just quickly, and I'm going to kind of go through this with you, a quick story. Can we have some fun today? Amen. One person can make a huge difference. It says here in Mark 5, 1, it says here, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And, and before, I just want to stop right there, because what's interesting about this, this scene that we're, we're happening on with Jesus and his disciples is he's been ministering to a lot of Jewish people, um, and and his, he's been ministering and healing people, and he started his work, and, and God is begin, beginning to use him to do great things, and, and, and he's doing amazing things. But across the lake, or in another version, it says across the sea, right, he is about to go across the sea and go to this place where there were Gentiles. And at that time, you didn't go across the, the sea if you were a Jew and hang out with Gentiles because it was dangerous, In fact, they would do all kinds of mean and hateful things because of who you were. And we see here, the first time Jesus decides, listen, I'm going to take my disciples, and we're going to get in a boat, and we're going to go across the sea, and we're going to land in this place here. And and, and there's different translations. Some call it the Gadarenes. In my Bible, it says the Gerasenes. But he gets over to this place where there's a ton of Gentiles. It's the first time Jesus has ever gone to this area and, and he's, he's going there for a purpose. And let me show you here what it says here. And in, in, um, go to that. It says here in verse 2, he says, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him, with any, any, no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had, <coughs> excuse me. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore his clothes apart and broke the irons on his feet. And no one, it says, was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Now, this is a crazy story about a person that was completely consumed 
with, with the enemy and with death. And, and so much so that he was cutting himself. And we've heard, we've heard people cutting themselves. Listen, they've been doing that for 2,000 years. Let me explain something to you. When you are filled with, with difficulty and death and destruction, there, there is an, an outward manifestation of somebody that is completely tormented by life by all the things that the world would like to throw his way. And you see a picture of a man that has been that, that is sitting there in the tombs walking with the dead, being completely consumed and overwhelmed with the difficulties of life, so much so that nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted to be with him. In fact, they were scared of this man. And, 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 and it's crazy to me. It even says in some of the translations that he was completely naked and completely out of his mind. And you see this encounter where Jesus comes across the sea. And, 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 and you know what's crazy about this situation? That man that day did not need a support group. That man did not need some medicine to deal with his issues. That man did not need um, um, a counselor that day. For all this time, you see an individual that is, that is fully um, unable to, to be able to cope with the things that are tormenting him. And I want to tell you something. What he needed was deliverance. What he needed was a miracle. You know, today I've realized, and, and as I've been studying this, this lesson, is, is I can only do so much. But if God doesn't intervene in my life, I will be left like that man completely tormented. My mind, my heart, my brain, everything, my relationships, everything that I understand and feel will all be from a perspective of death, from a perspective of discouragement, from a perspective of no hope. How do you think he felt all by himself in a, in a cemetery? I mean, I, I just want you to understand the situation here. And listen to what Jesus does. As Jesus was getting into the boat, um, well, before we get there, let me go back to what he says here. It says, no one has been strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, they were there. he was there, and he would cry out, and he would cut himself with stones. And, and I love that we see here what Jesus, as, as some other things happen, Jesus delivers this man, right? He delivers this man of all of these, the, these things that would oppress his life. And he was completely free in that moment when he met Jesus. There was a miracle that happened in that moment, and it changed his life. So much so that, that, that when Jesus decided right after that to go get back in the boat, it says here in Mark 5, 18, we're going to skip ahead, and you can read some of what transpired through that deliverance and through that healing of his life. It says here in Mark 5, 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed, been demon-possessed, begged to go with him. But listen to what Jesus did. Jesus did not let him. And he said to him, he said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. It's interesting right here because Jesus said, no, you can't go with me. Now, what's, what, what you need to understand is when he was ministering to all the Jewish people, every time he did a miracle or something happened, he said, don't tell anybody what just happened to you because it's not my time yet. It's not my time to be crucified. But in this one moment, he says to this man that's been healed and delivered and set free, he says, I want you to go right now. You can't go with me, but what I want you to do is go and tell all of Decapolis what Jesus has just done for you. 
Now, if you don't know, Decapolis represents 10 cities all together, all built together. And there was a lot of land amongst the the 10 cities. And he was telling this man, go out and be a minister. Do all of these things. Now, now I, I just want you to understand, he's telling him, make sure that you tell everybody what God has done for you. In this Gentile city. And and it says here, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know what's great about this story is this is the first time and this is the first man that was like a commissioned evangelist to go into all the world. This is the first time Jesus had told somebody, listen, I want you to go tell everybody what, what just happened to you. And I think it's a great story for you and I to understand. He uses a guy that was a maniac, a guy that couldn't control anything that was happening in his life. And he said, I want you to go and be an example and tell everybody all that, uh, that, that I did for you. And, and what's great is this man goes out and he begins to tell everybody it says here in Mark 5, 20, so the man went away and began to tell, to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. You know what's great about this story is this man didn't really even know Jesus. This man probably had never read any of the law, had never read the Torah, had never understood any of the, the laws of, of the people behind him that had come up. He didn't really even know Jesus, and, and in that moment, What did he really have to say to all of these people that he was going to meet? All that he had to do was tell them what happened to him and how God delivered him, how Jesus came for him for that day and delivered him. You know, so many times Jesus asks us to say things to people. The Holy Spirit in in, in our hearts says, I want you to encourage that person. I want you to tell them how much I love them. I want you to tell them the good news of what I've done for you. Listen, I think a lot of us sit around and go, we could never tell anybody about Jesus. Because what are we going to say? Listen, this man didn't know anything about Jesus. All that he knew was that Jesus came and changed his life. And now he could live. Now he could walk back to his family members, his kids, and his kids could see him for the first time completely normal, completely healthy, completely whole for the first time in their lives. And listen, it even said that people were afraid of him. They were already afraid of him when he was wacky. And now he's healed and people were like, dude, get away from me. You're freaking me out. Anybody? And yet he continued throughout all of that land to tell everybody what Jesus had done. It's an amazing story of you. Listen, you have everything you need, church, to, to, to share what has happened in your life. You got to get busy sharing with people. And, and I love this story because Jesus then goes back to the other side and preaches to all these Jewish people. He raises this girl from the dead. He heals this woman with an issue of blood. He, he goes to his hometown where he can't do all the miracles that he really wanted to do because he's in his hometown and everybody looks at him as just, hey, that's the carpenter's son. That's the, that's the dude who did all the woodwork and he could never be, be, be the, the savior, the Messiah, and he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. And then right after that, he feeds 5,000 people. What? Come on, talk about miracles, somebody. It's okay to say, man. And then he walked on water. I mean, he did all of these things, right? I love this story. He walks on water. He does all these things. And then we, we take it in, Mer, in, in, in Mark chapter 6. All of a sudden, Jesus decides to go back to that area and watch what happens. It's awesome. It'll blow your mind. <clears throat> Can I get some mucho agua, por favor, from my beautiful wife? Let's give my wife a hand clap. She hates when I do that, but I love it. 
I come home sometimes and I just want to clap my hands. Don't hate me because I'm honest. Love it. Mark 6, watch what happens. Jesus comes back over. It says here in Mark 5, 20. So the man that, wait, where are we at? 5, Mark 6, 53 to 56. It says, when they had crossed back over, they landed at Genesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever, he, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages, towns, and the countryside, they placed the sick into the marketplace. And they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. All who touched it. Let me, let me explain something. How did these people recognize Jesus if they had never seen him? How did all of these people recognize the Messiah when all that he had done is go over there for a moment, heal a man, and then leave and go back and do all these amazing things, and all of a sudden he comes back into a town? How did they recognize Jesus? They'd never seen him. They had never talked with him. They didn't really know him. But all of the people from the towns, all in Decapolis, came out, brought all their sick, all the people that were bound up, and Jesus healed all of them. Because of one man, because of one man's testimony that was healed and set free, he went all throughout that town, all throughout the ten cities of Decapolis, and those people were going crazy because Jesus was coming back in town. I want to tell you, the word of your testimony changes lives. And it doesn't just change your family members. It'll change your whole company that you work for. It'll change every relationship that you have from here to, to, till you get to heaven. It will change your responsibilities. It will change your understanding. It will change the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. They, they recognized him and, and, and because of the one guy that encountered Jesus. This crazy man told everybody about this guy named Jesus. Now listen, they weren't in the Bible Belt. These were pagan worshipers. These were people that that, that worshipped idols. They didn't worship Jesus. He didn't run around and and, and tell all these people, um, you know, that, that were going to church every Sunday, that were reading their Bible, two in the old, two in the new every day. They weren't on the Samuel plan. Come on, everybody. These were people that were, 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 were people that weren't following Christ at all. And yet this man, by his life, showed everybody just with a few words of what God did, and it flipped everything upside down. This is the, the value of one person. This is the value of what you have to offer your whole world. And when I say your whole world, I say your whole sphere of influence. I want to tell you, you guys are sitting right now on the most amazing thing in your life, in the lives of your, your coworkers, in the lives of your people. But if you never tell them, they will never have an opportunity to see a miracle. But if you tell them, if you and I get out and get excited about what God is doing, God will do miracles. The people that that, that day when Jesus came over, they touched the hem of his garment and were completely healed were completely set free because they believed. You know, we see in the next chapter, Jesus then leaves that place after he did an amazing work, and he goes up and ministers in the northern part. And then it says here 
In Mark 7, 31, it says, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. And remember the crazy man. He had been telling everybody and proclaiming all that Jesus had done to them. And they were marveling at this. And it says here, there's another story of him going in Mark 7, 32. It says, there's some people brought to him a man who was deaf and can hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to, to place his hand on him. And after he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ear. And then he spit and touched the man's tongue. And he looked up to heaven. And with a deep sigh, he says, be open. And at this, the man's ears were open and his tongue was loose. And he began to speak plainly. I want to tell you guys, while one man can make a difference, I think we need to understand that I can make a difference and that you can make a difference to everybody you meet. The product of a changed life is that you can't hold that stuff in. When you truly believe in something wholeheartedly, it's going to come out in every area of your life. Just like that man that was, was oppressed and possessed, every area of his life was affected by what was controlling him, by what he allowed into his life through whatever. But we see that when we allow Jesus into our hearts, it, it, it cannot but, but produce an amazing harvest. We begin to love people. We begin to tell people. We begin to encourage people. You know, God has asked us here in, on Easter to do something that we've never done. On Easter morning, we're going to do two services. We're going to do two services. We're going to do a service at 9.30 and a service at 11 o'clock. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor, why, why do we need to do that? And I would say to you, because I want God to do a miracle that morning. I want him to do what you and I can't do on our own. You know, our responsibility is small. Our responsibility is to bring everybody we know to the house of God on Easter morning, the biggest Sunday of the year, the biggest event that we're probably going to do up to date for sure. God is asking us to bring 300 people to this Fort Worth Academy on that Sunday morning, two services, pack this place out twice. We're going to do a lot of great things, but the most important thing that we are going to do is we are going to tell everybody the good news of what God did for us and how he changed our lives. And we're going to invite them to come to meet Jesus on that morning. It's the biggest thing right now that we are pushing for. We're trying to prepare and plan. And right now I'm planting the seed in your heart to say, who are you going to bring on that Sunday morning? You've got to call people. You've got to invite people. You've got to pass out flyers. You've got to tell everybody. You've got to be excited about what Christ is doing in your life. Just like this man did in Decapolis, and everybody's life changed in that area because there were healings, there were deliverances, people were set free, and they now could have life like never before. You know, I want to give you an analogy in closing here because I want to do something for you, and I think this is going to help you understand a few things. You know, there was this lady years ago, um, and it was the mom of this little girl. Her name was Karen Weaver. And the mom and dad got saved. And their lives were forever changed. You know, and this, this carabiner here that I have represents this mom and, and this dad. And you know, they had, a, they had a child. Her name was Karen Weaver. And little Karen Weaver found Jesus. And the mom and dad led Karen to the Lord. And what's so great about this picture is now we see Karen here. And she's linked up to her mom and dad. 
See, her mom and dad understood her responsibility that says, listen, I've got Jesus. And if I can help you make that connection to Jesus, then you and I are going to be able to walk together and, and, and do amazing things in Jesus Christ. Well, one day, Karen had a typing class. Little Karen Weaver in ninth grade had a typing class with another little girl named Judy McKern. Madsen, excuse me. You weren't McKern yet. And Judy Madsen, she, she used to come into the class every day and say, you got to come to church. You got to meet Jesus. You, you know, it's the greatest thing that will change your life. And in that moment, as, 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 as Judy Madsen was sitting there hating her life, hating her life, and this girl would tell Judy Madsen that, listen, God will give you a better life. God will give you a real life. And we know that lady as my mom, Judy Madsen, would sit there and say, I hate my life. My dad's an alcoholic. He does all kinds of crazy things. I don't want to have anything to do with this life. And Karen invited her to church one Sunday where they were having an evangelist that came in. And in that moment, my mom gave her life to Jesus. All of a sudden, Karen gave something to my mom that she needed desperately and made that connection. And all of a sudden, my mom gets saved. And she begins this link of, of Jesus that, that begins to change everything. And you see, my dad, who, who a lady comes to him and says, listen, you better get home and read your Bible and find out who Jesus really is. My dad goes home, reads the word of God. It sets him free in that moment. He kneels down right there in his apartment on that day and gives his life to God and, and changes his whole world. And then all of a sudden, they start having these kids and they meet up and they go to Bible college and they, they do all these things and they start having children. And all of a sudden, uh, all of us are born and Sarah, my sister, and my brother, and Deborah, and, and myself, we, 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 we find Jesus. We have this opportunity to receive this thing called Jesus that changes everything about us. And we get saved. We, we, we made that link that changed everything for us. We get saved and all of a sudden there's this link growing between generations of people and lives begin to change and people we touch begin to get saved. And we, my, my parents ministered to thousands of people over 30 years of ministry and people's lives get changed and they, they invite people to know Christ and walk them through the sinner's prayer and their lives change and what's so great is Sarah decides to invite this beautiful girl uh, to, to a, a cell group and, and all of a sudden she gets saved she meets Jesus that day and I'm like what? and she meets Jesus and now this beautiful girl on the outside turns beautiful on the inside and I'm like, God, what are you doing here? I wasn't going to marry that girl. I had other plans. And then you see a picture of, we, do, we decide to get married, and she says okay to my crazy life <laughs> of ministry. Man, I don't know if anybody was like, yes. But she was okay with it. And I was like, praise the Lord. And then we had kids we got to invite our kids to meet Jesus and all of a sudden <laughs> we understood that our lives were we have a purpose and we made this amazing link and now our kids can go out and witness and tell people about Jesus and my wife and I have the opportunity every day to, to invite people to meet Jesus and it's it's this it's this thing that, that radiates for the rest of our lives into eternity church 
and the trajectory of our lives is now not, not going to death, but it's going to life. And it, and, it, and it produces life on earth and ultimately in heaven with Jesus. And I want to tell you, there, there's, there's a link. There's a link that you and I have a hold of us when we've accepted Jesus into our, pride, into our hearts. And, and God is saying, what are you going to do with the gift that I've given you today? Church, the goal of today is that found people find people that you and I can make a difference today. Who is the person that God has put on your heart right now that you need to make a connection to? That you need to have a, you need to have a carabiner and say, you're my link. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna link to you and you're gonna, you're gonna meet Jesus today. I'm gonna invite you to church. I'm gonna invite you to a connect group because there's gonna be an opportunity for you to make that link that will change everything in their lives. My mom is linked to Karen Weaver for the rest of her life and, and in heaven because she invited her that day to come to church. And it's changed my mom's life. It's changed my father's life. It's changed my life. It's changed my family's life. And every decision that we make is not based on what we want, but it's based on what God wants. Why? Because there are people in the world that are bound by the enemy being controlled, living in death, the walking dead. And what they need is to be set free. And it will only begin when you take a step to make a link to somebody else that God has put on your heart. That's the whole goal of change, church. Let me explain to you. God wants to change you so that he can use you. If he doesn't change you, he can't use you you to feel that this morning one man's testimony changed 10 cities and people were running to Jesus I want people to run to Champion Church not because it's a great place to have church but because Jesus is here to meet people that's the goal of this but you and I we got to get busy making links we got to get busy connecting our carabiner right? To other people around us. It's your responsibility to do the light stuff. Jesus is going to do the miracle, but it's going to be because of your faithfulness today. Found people, find people today. God wants you to get out there and share the good news. I want our porters to do something for you today made carabiners for all of you today and they say on here found people find people and what I want you to do is take this carabiner and as you pray for that person if you pray for that family member if you pray for that person that is completely unlike God the person that you don't even like how many people think that they how many people like the guy that was completely cutting himself and in chains and and hateful and hurtful I don't think a lot of people just wanted to be around that person but you know what that person if you would think of the love of Jesus for that person and what he can do in that person's life you'll stop worrying about the fact that you don't like him or like her and what you will do is begin to pray God give me an opportunity to speak life into this person let me use my carabiner today let me be mindful of this every day that Jesus is wanting you to 
make a connection. And our wonderful team is passing these out, and I want you to use these. We have extra on hand. If you want one, I want you to put it on your keychain today. I want you to put it in your car. I want you to hang it at work. I want you to do whatever you've got to do to take this little guy right here and remind yourself every day that all that you must do is share what has happened in your life. You don't have to know scripture. You don't have to even know uh, anything about anything. You don't have to be well-versed. You don't have to have an education. All that you need to do is say, God, I'm going to share the good news. I'm going to share today the good news. Next week, we start a new series called Stretch Marks. There's a lot of connotation with that. Let's just tell you what it is. There is strength in the stretch. If you never stretch yourself, you will not grow stronger in Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about stretch marks and what it means. I don't want you to miss it. In fact, what I really want you to do today is to invite everybody that you know to be here next Sunday morning at 1030 sharp. Is that okay? I'm just a believer that let's let's do let's do less kind of hugging each other and holding each other and let's get out there and get busy loving and holding people that nobody has loved before and that nobody has held tightly before how about you do something to the person that nobody likes today that blows their mind because of the goodness of God I, I just I just realized church that man if I don't get busy every day changing the world it, we'll end up 30 years down the road and we'll be the same we are today And that doesn't bring God glory. And I'm laying it on thick today. Because God really wants us, our lives to be great in Him. And He's given us all. Stop stop talking about all the things you don't have. And all the words that you don't know how to say. And all the things that you don't. Stop worrying about all that. Let God deal with that. Let God fill your mouth like He did Moses. Let Him do a miracle in your life today. And begin to make some connections. And the greatest thing you have in your life is that connection to Jesus Christ. It's not how much money you have or the car you drive or the the beautiful family that you have. It's so not about that. What it's about is the one connection that will change an eternity for someone. Someone that you may not even love yet. But God will bring love into your life. Amen. I hope you're understanding my heart today, church. You are, you are so valuable today. Make sure you use this. Can you stand to your feet this morning? We're finished here, but I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for, for two types of people this morning before we leave today. Because this is the, the best thing that's happening to you today and this week. I want to pray today for those of you. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to pray today for I want to pray today for those that need to come to Jesus and make a connection to him. Because listen, this you won't be able to do this if God hasn't really transformed your mind and your heart. If you've not asked Jesus to come into your heart, today is your day. If you've not fully committed your life to him, maybe you've committed a small portion, but you realize that that small portion is not really that valuable because you've not really given all to Christ. You haven't really made the connection to God in a way that changes your life, in a way that you can say, God, you have changed me, and I'm telling everybody about you. If you've not made that connection, we're going to pray together, 
And I know today God is going to implant something in your life that will bring you to so much life that you can't help but tell people about it. If that's you this morning with your head bowed, I want you to lift your hand up. And I want you to lift your hand up and say, that's me. I want to pray this prayer right now. And God is going to set you free and do a miracle in your heart right now. If that's you, quickly slip up your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Come on, right now is your time. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see all over the room. I see hands. Church, I want to tell you, this is your moment where God is going to do a miracle in your life. And it's going to be because you've said yes to him. And you've opened the floodgates to blessing. You've opened the floodgates to wisdom, to knowledge, for God to bring boldness in your life like never before. And you've opened up your life to real life today. Anybody else that would say, Pastor, I want to pray that right now. We're just going to start this off right now with this change series. We're going to come to Jesus in an amazing way this morning. Anybody else? I want everybody to pray with me right now. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you every area of my life. I need you to do a miracle in my life today. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins and that you would come into my heart in an amazing way. That you would fill me with your wisdom. That you would fill me with your love. That I would start my journey with you. Change my heart today and make me new in you, God. And let me be vocal to everybody I meet about your goodness. I thank you for this relationship that I've started with you today, Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that today, if you've prayed that today, I want you to grab a Connect card. We have a porter in the back that's gonna grab some Connect cards. I want you to fill that out about what Jesus did for you today. I want you to turn it into the Connect table before you leave. The reason is, is because we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna reach out to you is a start sources that you need to be successful today because what you did today is a a start of an amazing journey with Jesus. You have made that connection and that will never stop in your life. I want to pray for the rest of you today that you would honor God, that you would honor Champion Church, that you would honor all that he's done for you by telling somebody what God has done for you. That you would no longer be silent but that God would help you say the right words to bring somebody to life. I guarantee at your work right now, there are people that need you to speak life to them because they're living in death. I want to I just be honest. There are so many people that you meet right now that need you to bring life to them, to help them, to introduce, to make that link today. We're going to get busy. I want to hear your testimonies on Facebook. I want to hear your testimonies on Sunday morning of what God did through your life. Church, let's be faithful to him. Let me lift you up today. God, we lift up your people, your champions today, as you have very clearly stated what you want from us, Lord, that, that you are, you've done the miracles. You've set us into a life of fullness, God. You've done amazing things. And Lord, we know today that, that we have the ability now to bring life to everyone we meet. Let us not be worried. Let us not be scared, but let us walk, Lord, in truth, God. Let us walk with boldness like never before. Let us come up and say, God, we are valuable in your kingdom and we have everything we need for success in you. Lord God, I just pray that you would empower your people by your Holy Spirit to be faithful servants of you, that they would go and serve people, that they would live life with the people that you've put in their sphere of influence, that they wouldn't be tired or weary, God, but they would walk, Lord, and they would wake up 
with a new sense of purpose that every time they looked at this carabiner they would be reminded that found people actually find people lord we just pray for them god give them strength and grace as they walk lord not judging people but coming to them with grace and mercy lord i pray that it's your goodness god that you would show real in the lives of your people and everybody that they meet today god we love you god do miracles in our midst on a daily basis god we thank you for this we believe in you and we are so thankful for you in jesus mighty name everybody said amen Okay, that about does it for this week. Uh, We'll see you next week when we start our new series, Stretch Marks. This has been Peyton Smith, your friendly neighborhood tech guy, wishing you a blessed one. Have a good week, everybody.